you're tuning in to Change It Up, the podcast. A podcast about young people challenging the status quo. I'm Sarah and I'm super excited to be in this journey with you. We Gen Z's have so much to offer this world. We're creative, inclusive, empathic and tenacious. And we're not afraid to stand up for each other. Join me and a fellow Gen Z for a weekly conversation about the behind the scenes of being a young change maker and all the things that matter to us. We're here to build connections and inspire positive change. So do you want to change the world with me? Take along. You know, your idea and your passion is intricate to you and that will reflect on the work that you do and people will see, you know, this person has a certain goal in mind that hasn't been done before. And that's the beauty of like each and every one of our activism. Like it's so different, yet it's so the same. I would really encourage young people to speak out if they can, to be able to amplify this through what kind of, whatever kind of work they're in. Hey everyone and welcome back to Change It Up. This is episode 11 and my name is Sarah and I am happy to host this podcast and be here with you guys today and every Wednesday that we put on this podcast out into the world and it's been such a beautiful journey so far and, and last week where we around the 10 episode that was just a, a highlight of, of our journey and, and it just continues and it's beautiful to see how many people who are tuning in and we are happy that all of you guys are here um, and I think this episode today is, is really special in that regard. We talk about something that's really near and dear to my heart which is mental health and, and neurodiversity and, and we share the whole trajectory of how we as young people can can talk about mental health and across borders and about the different uh, conditions that that shape our communities and 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 both around the world and and locally as well because it's it's really different from from compared to where you are in the world and how the the different environments are and and how treatments are and and which access that you got to treatment and how it is for marginal marginalized communities and and just looking at all of these complex conditions and, and realizing that we as a young people have something to say and how we can speak up and how it's becoming even more evident now, both during the pandemic, but also afterwards that we need to prioritize taking care of our mental health and that it is as important as taking care of our physical health and that those two are always interconnected and, and, and also the other topic which is neurodiversity which is something that we we become more and more aware of that the people have different brains and and that we function differently and that also means that we move through the world differently and it's a beautiful thing to to witness and and have in the world that we all have really different skills and I get to talk about uh, Maisie talks about her experience and I share some of my experience with having ADHD and and how that affects sort of the way that I move in the world but we just have for me it was just a really interesting journey of going behind the scenes of, of this amazing journey because this week we we're bringing on a guest who who has started her own mental uh, health organization and we go behind the scenes of, of why she started it how she started it and how she's been able to grow this organization just across the world and 
and there's so many little details and stories and and things that that she has so many good takeaways of how to to start your own organization and build a network and 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 share your story in an, an empowering way and and i think that's just been such a a nice way to to bring about the day and i had so many good takeaways and i hope that you guys have it too but so so today's today's guest is macy lee and and macy she's a young mental health activist and founder of the philippine youth-led mental health organization telang daily say which accounts for more than 250 volunteers in the philippines and also now across the world because they've grown into a global organization called my state of mind and they both have the two different organizations and they work together to create and combat mental health stigmatization but also to create awareness around mental health and especially youth-based mental health across borders and and try to break down those borders that that we experience globally and and give youth a, youth a voice in this field and i think that is just really really cool um, and she started the organization when she was 15 and and she's growing up with her journey of having a brother who is diagnosed with autism but also self de- herself dealing with mental health conditions and and that led her to to always seeing how youth were struggling and seeing how how the journey of of gaining access to treatment and the difficulties with getting access to proper treatment and and the stigmatization and and all of the different conditions that shape our communities that led her to to start the organization and and do something about it and realize that she could actually make a change and that's always really inspiring and super super cool and something that we we are a huge component of and how you can do something yourself on a global level and some on a local level sorry um and sometimes that grows into a global scale as well so i think without further ado let's bring on today's guest and welcome back to a new episode. I'm really excited about this one because it's about a topic that is really dear to my heart and dear to this community and I think it's something that is really on the minds of just almost basically everyone in our generation is talking about our mental health and taking care of our mental health and basically how do we handle this crisis that we are in because mental health is considered the second greatest crisis of our time besides uh, besides the environmental crisis and I think it's something that we need to be very much also looking at the intersection between those two topics as well and that is exactly what we are also going to do in this episode so I'm really, really excited about it. First of all, Maisie, welcome to the pod. Um, I'm excited to have you here. And I wanted to to start by asking you because you have the experience of, of working in the mental health space and working with both across the borders and in local organizations. And how has it been for you, the experience of, of being a part of this youth culture with, with so much so much uh, issues with mental health and also the awareness of mental health and also realizing that this is actually a crisis and for you realizing that 
well, there's something wrong here and there's something wrong about our culture today and I'm going to do something about it. Yeah, for sure. But before I start, thank you so much, Sarah and Humanity Up for having me over. I am so excited to continue this conversation with all of you. I think it is really important. Um, and in line with your question, I think in general, it's just something that's very sensitive and very um, like thought consuming for a lot of people. I think mental health is, you know, it's very, it varies from each and every person and every place because there's a there's a lot of factors that come into it like your environment like where you grew up in um also taking into consideration your religion for example like what kind of values your parents instilled on you so people have very different views on it and i think because of that and the other reason um the fact that it's like so um diverse is 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 makes it really difficult for us to kind of relate with just anyone about it and for me personally when i grew up i I found myself really distancing myself away from people in general. Like I was a very, a very much an introvert growing up. I didn't really trust anyone easily. And I, whenever I get anxiety, I just probably just tell my mom and just keep it to myself. Um, so the convert, like opening up a conversation is always the first step to like mental health processing and healing. And that's what you always hear too. So I think that's just like where the problem stems from at least and what makes matters worse for our generation, like for Gen Z, we're so, I don't know how to describe it. We're so like social media savvy, you know what I mean? Mm. We share things online, but I feel like sometimes in real life, when you talk to someone, that isn't necessarily the case. So I just find that like personally really interesting for this case. Mm, yeah. And have mm-hmm. you experienced there was like a specific moment like an aha moment or something that made you realize that this is something that we need to do something about or maybe I can do something about it because I feel like there is a lot in in I think from from myself and, and for our organization we realize that okay if no one else is going to talk about it from our perspective as young people then then who is going to do about it like um we need to do something about it ourselves and i was really curious if you have had such a moment as well yeah of course um i think we all kind of think of that uh moment you know what i mean when we have that light bulb in our head or just like how do i transform this thought into actual action for me that thought or that inspiration is for my brother mm-hmm. um i had anxiety when i was like 12 or 13 years old But I think I was introduced to the world of mental health in general when I was really, really young because my brother has autism and he's my older brother. So, you know, when I was conceived into this world, (laughs) um, my parents told me right away, you know what I mean? Like your brother's different. You have to take care of him. Like I kind of had to be the older sibling. In fact, I feel like, um, which is why I felt very like motherly at like a young age like I would look out for him if he needed anything um as as I like it's something I enjoyed because my brother and I are close but it's also um to some degree very difficult Mm -hmm. and I saw that a lot of my peers also didn't really understand him because he would have a lot of like eccentricities and stuff like that and you know they'd ask me like what is autism like what does it what does that even mean and I had to find myself like really explaining and educating people and that's when I had my light bulb moment and I was like I think I need to do more for my community to let people know that autism is a thing like it's not just my brother with it because I feel like sometimes people single him out like oh you're the only person in the world with this but Mm -hmm. a lot of people are experiencing it too so that was my main inspiration and light bulb moment 
yeah <laughs> my mm, I love that mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing that story um it, it really I feel like I relate to to that on so many levels um I have a ADHD myself and and I don't know if, if that was your experience or you experienced that with your brother as well but I feel like a lot of my <laughs> experience in explaining stuff has been like people have the experience of of ADHD or autism being a um, a mental health disease rather than being a neurological condition or just a neurological diversity. Um, have you had that experience as well? Just like having to explain to people that this is not a disease, but it's actually a condition that you're yeah. with, something that you can't change. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, I actually worked with kids with ADHD when I was younger, so I totally understand. And yeah, like what you were saying, I absolutely agree. I think there is a stigma. Like, I feel like sometimes people, and especially people who don't know people with autism or ADHD, Down syndrome, those kinds of stuff, they act a certain way. And it's like, you mm-hmm. don't have to treat them any differently. You know what I mean? Like, treat them as normal as you can because they're still people. And, you know, I feel like people within the spectrum, whatever spectrum you're in, they embrace it. I'm sure uh, you've also come learn to like, you know, how to embrace your ADHD. Like, mm. it may be difficult sometimes, but it's amazing. I think personally, like, you have to just look at it as an asset because I personally think it's an asset. Like, you can take advantage of it in so many ways. Um, that's what I do in my work too. Like I really try to make people like empathetic to these kinds of situations. Um, that's really all people need to like move forward. Honestly, um, you don't have to, like I tell people, like you don't have to know the ins and outs of like, like how to help people with autism, what good techniques are, blah, blah, blah. It all starts with your attitude and, you know, treating people with kindness uh, in all honesty Cause it helps a lot. Um, when I see someone, even as a, bi- uh, as a sister, I guess, sibling, autism, um, when I see someone treat my brother, well, it encourages me even to like, you know, move forward with my life and keep the work that I do. Like it warms me. And I think that's just what people need to remember. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I yeah. love that so much. I think that's Thank also you. such a good advice for, for mm-hmm. just people around and, and just, both relative and community to to change that perspective and and like being like raising their awareness even more in these issues because there is a real difference in talking about mental health and also talking about neurodiversity is is sometimes two different topics but also often gets talked at the same time and I think we need to have like both discussions and 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 be aware that these two are different things but it still has to do with with people also with neurodiversity also have mental health issues and other plans um so I would love to dive a little bit more into your work and the things that you do because both working with First of all, I think you started as as Talang Delise. Did I say it right? Or yes. Your name? Yeah, that was perfect. That was great. Perfect. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just talked about it before, and I was like, "Did I put your name?" No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, first, and then that moved on to being right now my state of mind, which is now a global mm-hmm. organization. And I wanted mm-hmm. to know um, how was your experience launching that first organization in the in the Philippines and then right mm-hmm. now you're a global community all around the world mm-hmm. how has that been 
It's been amazing. Uh, first of all, I really don't like time zones. The fact that when we connect with young people around the world, like I think that's my main struggle right now. I just wish everyone was in the same time zone. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. anyway, yeah, right. Like I'm sure you can relate to that, but um, that's in an ideal world. But I think the journey started. I actually grew up in different countries, but I primarily identify as Filipina because um, my parents are my parents are. Uh, 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 Filipina, like my mom's Filipina, my dad is like uh, Chinese Filipino. Um, that's my passport. I spent my high school there, and uh, that high school experience when I was living there probably uh, one of the most turbulent, like mentally turbulent um, years of my life. Because aside from taking care of my brother continuously and my family, I also experienced my first mental health issue, and I didn't handle it well. I handled it terribly, like absolutely terrible. Um, I did not eat well. Like I distanced myself from so many people. I almost got on meds too, and I was just like had the the worst self-esteem like imagined possible like no confidence in herself whatsoever um and so that was just kind of like my problem and i moved through that through the organization through writing so writing was how telling least i started and in short it eventually became an organization in the philippines throughout time like the whole of high school i kind of grew that organization and it was really epic. Like my friends started the community and then it, you know how like people know each other from like other schools. So they tell those people and those people are like, Hey, we want to join. And I'm just like this, I don't know what this is. And they're like, you can make an organization out of it. The first event we had was with my tennis varsity team. It was so funny. It was my tennis varsity team. We made a mental health rehabilitation fundraiser and it was, it was amazing. Good turnout. And then from there, it became an organization. And now it's been running for like six years in the Philippines, which is amazing. And we're all over the country, too, because the Philippines is an archipelago. So we have like over 7000 islands, like it kind of encompasses the whole country, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But after high school, yeah, this is a really long story. But for everyone listening, this is a long story. But um, in short, that's the Philippine organization. When I moved to here in Northern California right now, I'm NorCal. I go to school here. When I moved here for college, I started a global branch of that organization called My State of Mind, which is how we got to collaborate with humanity, actually. One of those first organizations that we knew. But that's how it grew. And same concept as well. Mental health for and by the youth. And you can start your own chapter wherever you are in the world. And we focus on like global mental health, global social justice. Like how can these issues interrelate with their well-being? Right now, we're really focusing on like echo anxiety, um, which is uh, a bit like, you know, with a climate crisis going on, how does this affect our well-being? So people don't realize that we do get anxious because of climate change. And I think about that all the time. I'm like, do I have a future? You know what I mean? Mm, um, I definitely so, get you. No, absolutely. Yeah. So that's essentially what my state of mind does. So in a nutshell, they're interrelated because like the Philippine organization is the mother organization. If that makes any sense. Mm, so, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope I explained that well. Yeah. I thought that was really well. Thank um, you. Awesome. Like how you, the idea that it's it's like it's for and by the youth. I think that's something that really mm-hmm. we really relates to, and I think it's, it's something that's really evident in in our culture that we need for sure more yeah. young people and more young voices speaking up and 
taking the lead for for our generation as well because we have so much potential and i and i think it's so important that we do and i think you have really stepped up as a leader as well uh, and just seeing how you went from taking on your own personal experience both with your brother and your own and and your personal experience with mental health conditions and how you took your experience and made that into an organization and now leading a global mm-hmm. organization and a global community. And so how has that been for you to step up as a leader? And what do you think is, is the importance of, of young people also stepping up as leaders? I think, it's, um, I think it's difficult if I may start out with that because I was really scared. Um, I think it's all in a matter of question, like people thinking to themselves, like, who am I who would listen to me? I think that's like the biggest obstacle because, you know, like there's so many people who are outspoken and eloquent and this and that, but it's all in a matter of telling yourself, like, I have this idea and I have this vision and how can I live out this vision into reality? Because I feel like, Um, you know, there are many amazing people, right? Doing X, Y, and Z, but you know, your idea and your passion is intricate to you and that will reflect on the work that you do. And people will see, you know, this person has a certain goal in mind that hasn't been done before. And that's the beauty of like each and every one of our activism. Like it's so different yet. It's so the same at the same time, if that makes any sense. So I would really encourage young people to speak out if they can, you know, get whatever resource um, they are comfortable with to be able to amplify this through what kind of whatever kind of work they're in. Um, I think it's also encouraging to be able to do this with a good support group. I couldn't do this by myself at all. I had to ask my mom for guidance. I had to ask her, you know, like, how do I start this and whatever, and all those kinds of technical stuff. But know that you do have that support no matter what place you are at in life. Um, And you can also get the support from the internet. Like we got support from all of you um, during that one event (laughs) when we collaborated. So, and it's like, we don't even personally know each other, but that's the beauty also of activism. Cause at the end of the day, right? Like we know we have like the same goal. We're trying to destigmatize this. So I think collaboration is like a really, really big aspect that people should think about when, you know, getting encouraged to do these kinds of things, but always baby steps. Like you shouldn't be overwhelmed Mm. to do this. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Even though it is overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And I think what you said about like doing collaboration and also as a leader, like sometimes being a leader doesn't mean that you're like the one standing on top of everything that it's sometimes it's a collective leadership and that's even more important than like sharing with other people and and maybe maybe taking the lead in in the areas that you work best at i think that's also the experience we have got in our team as well realizing oh that i work really well with some things and someone else works really well with something else and and if we sort of lead in in the specific areas that we are working with we work so much better than someone just being on top of everything right um i think that's really important and i think that's a really positive thing that we also do i think see a lot in our generation that we are really good at collaborating and really open about collaborating as well um so so moving from that i wanted to and i was really curious about uh, what your experience has been about seeing um the crisis with mental health and realizing that our generation really are dealing with immense amount of mental health issues but also we are the ones who are brave enough i want to say and also daring enough to 
to take action towards this and to take action towards finding a solution and raising awareness about mental health issues. And so what has your experience been about um, that sort of dichotomy of both being the most uh, generation to deal with mental health issues, but also being the ones who are doing a lot about it? Yeah, I think in terms of that, um sorry if it's you hear stuff outside um but i think in terms of that you have to start opening up yourself and like being comfortable with like opening up yourself um just because just because um uh like it's people have to you know pattern themselves after you like you can't really expect people to talk about their stories if you don't share it first and i think that's what's really hard about it i realized that like my organizations like really took off like once I was able to personally share like my anxieties and it took a while because it's a, it's a really sensitive topic again but I feel like once you do that you'll be able to really see the benefit of being vulnerable so number one is definitely vulnerability um in terms of like other work I think it's important to channel your anger into something proactive Because I think a lot of, again, this may sound silly, but I feel like a lot of activism comes from, you know, anger and being Mm -hmm. restless and like not wanting to see the same kind of injustice like happen over and over again. That's my personal opinion anyway. Um, And I feel like, you know, once you kind of channel that into writing or planning events or, you know, doing things for a certain cause that is, that will like benefit a higher group or a higher being like it will really really help in seeing where you're comfortable with the most um mine definitely started out with writing like what i was telling you a while ago um and then it kind of evolved to like you know talking to more people um if you told my 14 year old self to do these kind of interviews like i would not do it like <laughs> i was just like nah i can't talk to people Um, but it's all a process and you just have to see what works best for you because I definitely know some leaders that are, you know, more introverted and more reserved and that's totally okay. Um, whatever fits you best, I say. I kind of want to ask you just from what you're saying, because Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but my experience, um, dealing with, with all the mental health stuff that I did for actually many years and, and I've been through and I, I was in through like all types of different therapies and I also did um, have all types of experiences but um, actually what you said about writing things down or specifically actually mm-hmm. like channeling your experiences and, and emotions creatively that was some of the things that for me especially as the artist that I am um, actually healed, healed me the most and I was that the experience for you as well like using your creativity and expressing yourself um, through creative means um, did that help you heal as well as well yeah, absolutely. Um, it's great to hear that you also enjoy writing. That's epic. Um, yeah, I do a lot of that. For me, a lot of my creativity also comes from like like being by myself a lot mm. and just like reflecting with my thoughts and just like being still. I love walking. Like, oh yeah, me being, too. I like I, yeah, I do all the types like of hikes going on walks is the best. Yeah, hikes. I love hikes. I love nature. Like mm. going on nice trails. You know, since living here. Um, we have so many mountains, so many like green areas. So I love going to that. It helps me with my creativity. Um, I also have like a little sketchbook 
Like mm-hmm. I'm just that one person during class two who would like doodle if I got bored. So I do that all the time. Um, not a good habit for her student, but I do it. Um, so things that really make me happy, taking photos too. I'm actually, uh, I do part-time photography, um, Ooh, particularly street photography. Yeah. I haven't actually told a lot of people about that yet, <laughs> but, um, we can see more happening. around that. You can no, share us some work at some point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'll definitely send you in some stuff, but, um, I think things like that really uplift me. And I think they inspire me to keep going because if you're too monotonous with your routine, like if you do the same thing over and over again, like. There's no surge of inspiration that will come up and, you know, your ideas will remain not interesting. So I kind of changed my schedule up a little bit um, to just, you know, feel something (laughs) and to, you know, experience like uh, more interesting things aside from just like working and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I relate to that a lot. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. And I think also that's such a good advice for, for people, not that it's like any mm-hmm. substitute for therapy, but it's just another thing that that might help you. I think for me, that's just been, that was the absolute game changer from, from me personally. It's just, mm-hmm. it allowed me to process things in a completely different way. When I first sort of allowed myself to build a bridge between those two things, I feel like, that was really a game changer for for my healing and, and my mental health in general as well. Um, but also diving into the mental health, I wanted to sort of segue into um, talking about stigmatization and also normalizing mental health. So what do you think for us, for our generation of Gen Zs, is the biggest challenge about normalizing mental health and combating stigmatization? I think that's one of the hardest things. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think that we will fully combat like mm. destigmatization. I know that sounds really terrible, but I feel like it's true because mental health is a continuous evolution. Um, mm. It really doesn't stop because it's also relevant to what's happening in current societies. So if you think about it, like a hundred over a hundred years ago, they had mental health problems for sure, but it's definitely different than what it is now. And it may have been better today. Like for example, for people who identify as different sexual identities, right? The LGBTQ community wasn't the, wasn't the most respected like a hundred years ago. Right. And that's why they started the Stonewall riots and, you know, people speaking up like leaders like Marsha P. Johnson, stuff like that. Um, There's a reason why they're respected now, but, you know, there's still discrimination today with that community, sad to say, and also, you know, people of color and things like that. For me also, as someone who is a person of color, I still experience that living in America. Um, But I think in general, it's evolving. And I think the most important thing, again, is to speak up um, and to make your voice heard. And that's like the cheesiest thing anyone could say, but it's really the only way to do it because uh, we need, we just need to communicate as human beings. Like, you know, what makes us the same? You have to remind people that we are all in here together and that we share one home and, you know, reminders like that. So I think it's kind of destigmatizing through communication and, you know, through through relentless action, I think. So keep on, keeping on doing things because um, eventually people would listen. But the thing is, I I think the issues would evolve throughout time. I don't think that, um, issues would necessarily stop because I think that's just the nature of like being human. But um, there's always something to let's just say like ease what people are going through right now. So at least that's what we're trying to do, and that's what I 
try to remind my team. And you mentioned uh, before about the the ego anxiety and and also dealing with you know for yourself about being having your your background and the issues that we're facing being from different uh, environmental backgrounds, growing up with different cultural and social conditions and and all of these like environmental factors, social factors, systemic factors that also intersect with mental health. Um, so I wanted, I was really curious about your experience of, of this intersection between mental health and other social environmental systemic issues and also finding intersectional solutions. Yeah, sorry. Can you hear me? Um, yes. Am I good? Okay, awesome. Um, I think, like, actually, that's what I was, like, telling you a little bit a while ago with, like, the organization. Um, that's kind of what we do as well, because we want to make it more known that, like, mental health is more than, like, self-care. You know what I mean? Like, it's good that people know that, but it's just too big and too broad of a topic to be like limited to like self-care like taking care of yourself etc cetera, etc cetera. so we try our again try our best to relate it to like what's happening around the world and stuff like that and also just like other issues like we were saying social justice issues and um environmental issues um i touched a little bit a while ago on like cop 26 and like you know how climate change gives people like echo anxiety mm. actually yeah i actually worked with one of my friends who um is running like forces of nature. I'm not so sure if you've heard of that. That's where I got the term from. So hello to everyone there, um, I guess. And I think in terms of social justice, it's seen where, where I live right now, like it, it's definitely seen um, in the protests that happen all the time. Um, recently, like last year, like 2020, the whole um, George Floyd issue came up um, when they were shot. And what's interesting about that, and my personal opinion on that is that why did it take like several people killed for people to actually care about, you know, black lives and like people of color. Right. And that just made mm -hmm. me angry because there, there were definitely more people in the past that have been killed, but went unnoticed. And so I kind of think to myself, like, like mentally, it just makes me so frustrated and it probably makes a lot of like, you know, folks who identify um, as black frustrated as well. Like, there's some there's so much going on so i think it's also opening up like there are much more broader issues than what mainstream media shows you and that's what we're also trying to say um that's another aspect let's look at another like aspect of the work that we try to do um but i totally agree with you like it's happening everywhere and what i remind people though and i think what i remind want to remind people like that are listening and stuff like that is just that even if there's a lot of information going on and like a lot of news, right. And this goes for you too. Cause I know you do a lot of work. Um, you don't have the obligation to, to look at all of these issues and try solving them all at once. If you feel overwhelmed. Um, I think you just have to take news and whatever kind of media, like one, one uh, triple at a time. Um, don't overwhelm yourself and, and don't burn yourself out as an activist as well. Um, because there are many people in this world for a reason. And there are many good people in this world for a reason. So I think collectively we should try solving them. But don't make it up. Like, don't take it upon your hands. Um, I think that's what I've seen people try to do. And it, it's a bit unhealthy mentally. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and I think what you, I, what I, we have noticed a lot as well, and, and what you what you speak into is is realizing that issues that we find universally happening through throughout the entire world are also very local. If you know what I mean, um, there is like a specific. Doesn't matter if you talk about um, environmental issues or mental health issues. It's something that's happening around the world, but there is a local specificity to them. There's like there is when we work with with mental health, we see that someone is dealing with a lot of the same conditions and a lot of the same experiences, but somehow there's also there is something that is affected by the culture of that local environment or um, the the experiences going on with that environment. And I was curious about your experience working also as a global youth organization. Have you real have you experienced that people that there is like we can talk about it universally, but we sometimes also need to be very aware of the local conditions. Yeah, no, that's really. I think that's my main struggle. I love how you asked that question because that's really my main struggle. Um, I think it kind of relates to what I was saying a while ago, like being overwhelmed um, mm. because this is a new community for me. Um, I didn't grow up here. And so for me, like, but I feel very attached to it because I found like really, really good friends that I consider my family and I know that I'll be friends with them for life and stuff like that. So I feel very obligated to know what's going on around me and also, you know, care. And I do care, but um, I think it's all a matter of balance. If you're in a similar situation, like knowing things on a local and international level. Um, and at school, that's also what I'm trying to learn through my major because I study uh, international relations. Mm. So aside from psychology. Yeah. So I learned a lot about those things and Um, one of my friends who's also in the same major was telling me, like, they were telling me they were so overwhelmed because there's just too much going on. Um, and I feel like, again, um, as a young person, like, wanting to do things, uh, you just have to remember to take it uh, day by day and to take it with a certain pace that is comfortable to you because, like, uh, everyone works differently. And um, I wouldn't say take it fast or take it slow, but just know yourself and take it in a way that you can digest easily. But I'd say like in terms of work, uh, definitely quality over quantity um, because it's, it's uh, I, I oftentimes uh, ask this a lot too when we partner with organizations, like we want to make sure that they care and they're not just there for like a social media presence, sad to say, do you know what I mean? Um, because there's a lot of recognition and there's a lot of, prestige or quote-unquote prestige when people say like i do work for this cause and stuff like that but in reality like you know i kind of challenge that narrative and i ask them like what actually have you done in real life right especially when covid started so it doesn't matter if you do things on a local international level i just think what matters is that you're actually impacting pe a one person positively and and you're good like That's always my goal too. Like if I make a, if I make a conference, I always follow up with a bunch of questionnaires. I'm like, did you actually learn something from this? You know what I mean? Um, I just don't want to do things for the sake of doing it. Cause like, what's the point? Like, you know, not, yeah, just be casually, but yeah, it's something that I, that I always think about whenever planning things on a local or like global level. 
Mm, yeah, that's really awesome. All right, I love that. I, I think that's also such a good advice. Like really, sort of following up on people and and being accountable about yourself and your own work. I think we really need to be be accountable and taking responsibility for ourselves and our work as well to to move forward. And and I'm a little bit. I wanted to, if it's okay, I wanted to ask you about your experience um, moving from from the Philippines to the United States and and that experience about like having the different cultures and and mental health, the differences maybe, if you notice that, that there's any difference um, in the mental health issues between the two different cultures or maybe the how they view mental health. Yeah. No, yeah, no, this is a this is a good question. Um, and it's something that I'm still discovering. But I think the main difference that I see is accessibility. Mm. There's so much privilege, like there's so much privilege when you live here, um, especially with COVID. Com- like when you compare like first world and third world countries, like you'll really see like, oh my God, I can walk. Like I can literally walk to like a convenience store and get my COVID shot and I'm done. Like when I did that, I told my family about it and they were like, wow, like we're still like not even on like the government list to get one. And it's just crazy because like people don't realize how lucky they are here. And, you know, the the kind of concerns that are brought up are definitely on different levels. Like COVID is the best example because like people really understand this. Um, So in terms of like mental health resources, it's already a mental health, like it, it already helps with your mental health if you do get the vaccine, right? Um, it helps you be more at ease when you go out and like do work and do your everyday stuff. So um, that, that was the main source of my anxiety, obviously, last year. And I was like, obviously, very careful with my actions and like who I surrounded myself with. Same for my family. And then again, I like what I told you, I got my vaccine just like I just signed up for because I work in person last year. I signed up for one of the ones at Rite Aid, which is kind of just like a, like, it's just like a local, um, like Mart. And I went and I got it and I told my mom about it. And she was telling me that it was going to take them, I think like an extra three to four months to get it. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Just because the government didn't do that rollout. So if you see like in the system, it's already embedded uh, right in the government and how they prioritize the people and also how they use the money. So that's where you see that system. Um, so that's the big difference. Accessibility. Same with not just the vaccine, but free mental health resources. Um, there are psychologists here in my school, you know, who can, you know, listen to me whenever I whenever I want. I can just make an appointment and I just got I get a free psychologist for like one hour max once a week. And in other schools back home, that isn't the case at all. Mm-hmm. Like they have to pay, I think like maybe like over a hundred dollars to see someone oh, for wow. 30, to talk to someone for 30 minutes. And it's ridiculous. It's again, because the government doesn't fund anything. And I think it's ridiculous because everyone should have that resource but they can't because you know my country has been you know corrupt and unjust for how many years already and it's very hard to turn around so that's kind of that's kind of what i was getting at a while ago um but yeah that's the main problem yeah yeah about the accessibility i think uh, it's something that I've been, I think, really aware of in in my personal experience coming from Scandinavia and and from Europe. It's like mm-hmm. we have a whole different system, and and being aware of the privilege to actually 
uh, be able to have free mental health care and be able to see a professional not any time that you want but like yeah <laughs> like yeah you can just you can book an appointment and you we have the issues we, we have the same issues because there's like we have a lot of great lists in in our country and yeah and we see that because so many young people actually need help so there's like the great list to get a a facility um a therapist and a licensed therapist and psychologist or a psychiatrist it sometimes can be really really long like sometimes three months plus to actually be allowed mm-hmm. that. And I think, as you said, accessibility is such a huge issue for not just uh, like almost I think anywhere in the world, just being mm-hmm. able to, to to have the access to talk to a professional and someone who yeah. can really help you. Um, yeah, for sure. I, may I ask, where are you based right now? Yes, so I'm based in Copenhagen. <gasps> that's awesome yes. ah, that's awesome yeah, so <laughs> i, really I, I am uh, we have our, our cool. community is, is based mm-hmm. all around the world so we have like what we have one of our i can't remember how far it was but it's like mm-hmm. the closest two people in our community is something like i can't remember it's like we're at least like i would say uh is it like a thousand miles or something like that away from each other it's something like it's a pretty huge distance wow. so That's we have cool. people our team is in is it's based in the united states we have mm-hmm. uh some in india and we have a couple of us in europe and mm-hmm. and also some in in south america that area mm-hmm. and, and our investors is is basically pretty much we we're saying we, we're missing australia right now so we will hope that we will oh, get some australian yeah. um we'll hit you up with some we have some australians you have some australians we're we're so to get some australians. We're yeah, like, we'll, can you we'll, please give some australian best oh yeah for real. <laughs> they're very interesting no, they're very, they're very fun. They're very interesting. They have a yes. lot to say. They're fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. That's cool. We love such okay, I was, yeah, I was guessing you were in Europe. I was like, maybe somewhere in Europe, but I wasn't so sure. So that's cool. Yes, I'm, I'm from Europe. Cool. I've been traveling a little bit around from everywhere, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm born and raised in in Denmark. Um, so, so that's where I'm from. Um, and it's a nice place. I love it. Yeah, you know, I love we'll hopefully we'll soon get to travel more. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Yes. For sure. Um, so I wanted to also like turn the attention a little bit more onto your experience as being a young leader and a young activist and change maker mm-hmm. all around, um, and your experience uh, with just being having that and being a young pe- person in in this day and age. Um, so, mm-hmm. how have you? been dealing with with cancel culture and just the resistance of of change and and people not wanting to to move past the state past the status quo well okay that's a really good question especially the cancel culture because there's so much sent back there um i think again like going back to the idea of our generation we're very fast paced Mm. and what i always tell people about a generation is that we want instant gratification all the time so instant gratification meaning we want things we want everything in an instant you know what i mean like Mm. if we start something we immediately for example want a big following like for example for a business like i need to reach this by this date exactly um we're also very instantly gratifying because like oh i want to finish school already like i'm so sick of high school college whatever if we are in school right 
Um, so we want things in an instant. And the thing is, life really doesn't work that way. Um, like the best things in life and the most fulfilling things in life, I'd say, take the most time and the most effort. Um, and you have to go through a lot of things before you know, feeling fulfilled or accomplished in a certain thing. So what I always emphasize is delayed gratification, because if you know the beauty of, you know, like waiting and like taking your time to do things, your life will be so much better. Also, I'm going to turn on my camera because like, I'm finally like, I'm outdoors, by the way. <laughs> I'm in school. I just hey. made it to school. Um, I don't want to be late again. But anyways, yeah, sorry. Go back to that question. Um, yeah, delayed gratification is like really important to consider. Um, so that's just my idea on the generation. And then going back to cancel culture, it's very related to instant gratification because I don't know if you've seen the pattern of cancel culture, but people do it like right away as soon as mm. they see something wrong for for celebrities, for example. I don't really follow any celebrities, so I don't really know what the T is on that. But, you know, if someone makes a mistake, what I'll often see is like people would post something and it'd be like, this celebrity did this, they're X, Y, and Z, and they're canceled, like they're done. But in reality, they don't even know the depth of the situation. They don't even know this person too. So how can they judge is my question. So I'm really not for canceled culture in any way. I think, especially in my mental health work, you have to try to encourage people to have like a very proactive and like open mindset. So you have to encourage people, you know, you can always change for the better if you want, and you can always have you know, better habits that will help you in the long run. You're not this person. Um, I think we should, we should really, we should be mad at people's wrong actions, but not at the person because the person can still change. The action is bad, but it, the action does not equal person. If that makes any sense. Mm, so, yes, yeah. So much. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think a lot of the times we are also, like really put on the spot in our generation for mm -hmm. being the first ones to cancel people. And I feel like that sometimes is, is really a, a warm picture of, of who we are. I really agree with you mm -hmm. about that. We are fast and, and I can mm -hmm. I'm someone who is like really full prey to that. Uh, everything mm -hmm. has to move fast and, and, and we are fast paced and we want to see mm -hmm. results. We want the things to happen preferably mm -hmm. yesterday and not today mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be really great um but i think sometimes we we are really easy like because we are fast some people also assume that we cancel each other really fast and i think sometimes mm -hmm. that's a long image of, of our generation sometimes it's even the older generations that we we experience are actually even easier to to cancel each other out and i think mm -hmm. but it's something that we definitely need to be aware of i think a lot of the times because as you said we can't judge judge each other um mm -hmm. on the basis of something not because we don't have to hold people accountable or responsible for what they did but sometimes mm -hmm. we also allow to have the right to change and for sure yeah that's right um, mm -hmm. So I wanted to know for, for young people, what is your best advice to take care of themselves and to also take care of their mental health? That's a good question. And that's very open-ended. Um, I'm very confusing when I give, when I have these interviews because I'm just, I just give like very open-ended advice, but I think to take care of yourself, um, know yourself first. That doesn't make any sense, but know yourself and what works for you in your current situation. Um, I hate giving general advice because people are in different points. Of, like people are so much into their lives right now. Like there's just so much going on. There's a lot of changes. 
um i'm not so sure for europe but like here in the u.s like things are back in person which is why i'm in school right now so this is my school um like you know i have to go to school every single day and that took a toll on me mentally um i think with the change discover what makes you truly joyful i think that's my advice right now for your mental health do what you need to do like do your responsibilities but also ask yourself what gives me joy and what is it that will make me feel like fulfilled and like passionate for whatever kind of cause i'm standing up for um and when you think about that and when you reflect on that just for a little bit it'll give you so much direction like for me i'm really like something that i've done to like really take care of myself is like eating regularly not forgetting to eat even if i have like a lot of classes and meetings in a day um another thing i also do is doing one thing that makes me happy outside of school like outside of studying and whatever so that can mean going for a walk like i was telling you i love walks i always go on walks um meeting up with a friend even for a few hours to hang out or like um you know going to nature drawing reading so those are just some examples but honestly you know find that stability in yourself and then that will really really fuel you to be able to take more action moving forward in your activism so yeah i think that's just my main advice and also just like uh don't be afraid to reach out to people people are there for you uh, i don't think that we're reminded that enough you're there for yourself but other people are also there for you if it's a friend or a family member someone in your community And if you could say anything to your fellow Gen Zs, what message would you give them? Um, to my fellow Gen Zs, um, I wish all of you all the love and peace and light and love. Um, emulate that for yourself because other people can also see it. Like love really starts with yourself. So I hope that you show yourself compassion because you know. Uh, I feel like our generation, we always pressure ourselves to achieve a lot, which is good. It's very good to achieve things, but like more, it's most important to like take care of yourself and take things slow as well. Don't be afraid to take things slow. I know Gen Z is very fast paced, like what we were saying, but you can always slow things down, and you can. You're and you're. It doesn't mean that you're not on your way to achieve these things like you're just going slowly but surely so that's something i want to say to gen z yes we can definitely take things slower i think that is a amazing advice as well so if people want to get to know you a little bit more or work with you guys and work with my state of mind where can they find you They can find me um, through Instagram, which I use the most. It's Macy Loves Cows. And um, our Instagram for the organization is mystateofmind.org. We also have a website, um, mystateofmindwellness.org. So they can like go to that website and then also like ask us questions for things that I want to take part of and events. Um, we're open to anyone and everyone like Uh, usually, uh, people uh, in high school, college, young people who want to make a change, come join us. We're more than open to have you. Yay! Absolutely love that. And I actually realized I saw your photos on mm-hmm. your website, uh, Macy Loves Cows. I absolutely <laughs> love them. I was like, <laughs> you you took those, and I actually love them. I was looking at them a couple of days ago, um, mm-hmm. and I was researching for this 
interview and I was like, you took such an amazing photos and I love the, the sort of the way that the 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 light hits the photo mm-hmm. and, and the emotion that it's it's portrayed. So that was really mm-hmm. nice. I can't wait Thank to see Thank you more. so much. Yeah, I'll definitely send some over. Thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today mm-hmm. and for being on the pod and for taking the time to to be with me at this moment. Um take care of yourselves and the, I can't wait for some time to meet you in the future and to give you a screen and hopefully we'll get to see each other much more. Yes. I can't I can't wait to go to Denmark. It's I'm, I'm really excited. I'm already Always welcome. <laughs> we'll do that. I'll be there. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. episode was brought to you by Humanity. Thank you for tuning in and for being part of this amazing community. I'll see you next time.